You're listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Lubbock, Texas. Redeemer Church is a gospel-centered, missional family of disciples making disciples and churches planting churches. If you would like to get more information or donate to this ministry, please visit RedeemerLubbock.org. Well, good morning. My name is Kent. I'm the college director here at Redeemer, and I have the privilege of preaching through the Beatitudes this morning with you. Uh, If you are in town and your family uh, with some of our members or attendees that are in town for the holidays, I'm so honored that you would be willing to stay uh, through Sunday and worship with us. And I just want you to know if you are not a Christian in here, whether you're family or you just came on your own, you live here in Lubbock, and uh, I just want you to know that this is a great place to have questions. That My first six months going to church, uh, I was not a Christian. I was a little confused about some of the things that were going on and what was certain terms meant and what were things to be said. And so every time I preach, I think about myself. And if that's you in here, I just want you to know, we really mean it when we say we're glad you're here. And you can talk to your family members that brought you, your, your friends, or find any of us on staff. We'd love to answer questions that you might have. Uh, but what we're doing this morning is we're continuing our series called The Coming King, our Advent series. And so Christians, the way we view Christmas, the way that we look forward to Christmas is not that we aren't looking forward to gifts and family and food and traditions. Like I, I'm looking forward to so many of those things. But the thing that we're most looking forward to is the reminder that the King has come to the world. The King of Heaven, Jesus, King Jesus. And so that's what the Christmas season's primary focus for the Christian should be about, that we're remembering that God became a man, lived a life for us, died a death on a cross for us, and by rising from the grave allowed us to have enter, have, have in, entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And what we're going to see in Matthew 5 that Jeremy read that we're going to walk through here is Jesus preaching at what's a famous sermon he did called the Sermon on the Mount when he's really talking a lot about what this kingdom is like and what these kingdom citizens are like. And what you're going to see is he lays out the very beginning of the sermon what a blessed life that is. What he describes what these kingdom citizens look like and he describes that they are blessed. And I think if you're in here and uh, you're, let's say you're not a Christian or uh, you, you're just checking this out or you haven't read much of the Bible, I think the cultural understanding in 2020 in America uh, of Christianity and blessedness and the connected between those things, I think it's a pretty safe assumption to assume that Christians and the guy up here talking would say something like, if you follow Jesus, if you follow the things of the Bible, if you're in the kingdom of heaven, God will bless you, Right? Okay, that's not theologically inaccurate. I just think that that's the baseline cultural understanding between the relationship between God and his people and how he blesses them. But what I think culturally uh, is, the reality is what we understand blessings to be just at a generic Western Christianity culture level uh, is not necessarily the fullest picture of how blessings work in the kingdom of God. I don't think that we actually understand how blessings work day to day. And I say this because I I notice it in the way Christians and non-Christians talk, the music we listen to, the things I see posted, like uh, one of the most popular songs right now uh, on the radio and, and, and people listen to, and, and I'm, you know, the college guy, so I'm hip with all the new music with my college students, but, uh, there's a song and it, it's, uh, it's called Sunday Best and it says, feeling good like I should, feeling blessed, never stressed. And they're connecting these dots. Uh, and ironically, the, the song is called Sunday Best as if you're dressing up for Sunday, but it's this idea that if you're feeling good, like that's how you should feel. Uh, and if you're blessed, you're, you're never stressed, like nothing's going wrong. 
Uh, and then the social media that I see posted, oftentimes you see hashtag blessed attached to things. What are the types of things you might see hashtag blessed on? If you're my wife, it's probably like best husband in the world, hashtag blessed. You know, uh, best vacation or best vacation on the beach this week, hashtag blessed. Had the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. Everyone voted the same, agrees on the same things. It was awesome, hashtag blessed. Like that's what you see blessed with. What you don't see uh, very often is just lost my job, hashtag blessed. Really messed up in sin with some decisions I made this weekend, hashtag blessed. Uh, really uh, trying to follow God and didn't get a promotion and got made fun of, hashtag blessed. You don't, you don't see that one very much. Now, I'm not advocating that we post that. That would be very strange. Don't do that. Don't miss this. Um, but we don't talk that way. We don't think about things negatively in our life or things that the world would look at and be like, ooh, they're having a rough bit of luck, a bad season. We don't see those as blessings because we don't really understand how blessings in the kingdom work. You see, culturally, we equate the way that you get blessed, so the things that you should be doing for God to bless you, or the blessings in and of themselves, we often equate to money, success, power, and winning. That like when you walk into the room, you are the man or you are the woman. Like you are number one. Like that's what we culturally just kind of equate. And Christians in the room as a kingdom citizen, uh, looking for and trying to be like the coming king, uh, what we wanna see is how the Bible talks about blessings. And I think it's gonna be very important because if our understandings of blessings is you are only blessed when you're winning, things are going well, successful, wealth. If that's it, when you're not, one of two conclusions comes to mind. Either you are secretly living in sin and you have messed up too bad, so God isn't blessing you. If you're not winning, you're not having success, things aren't going great, uh, God, you must be the problem. That's one conclusion I think I often find myself getting to. The second one of those would be that God is just not a good God. Because if our understanding of God blessing his people is all around success and wealth and winning and, and, and just killing it, American dream, then if I'm not experiencing that, then God must not be a very good God. And these are both very unhelpful, wrong understandings of how blessings work. Now, I'm gonna point some things out through this text in the Beatitudes, and I wanna be clear on the front. What I'm not saying is that to be a Christian, to be, in the citizen, to be a citizen of the kingdom of God does not mean that you have to fail, that you won't succeed, that you must be poor. There's a thing called the prosperity gospel, which is what I'm talking about, which is this idea that winning success and wealth is what God wants for you. But you could take it too far the opposite way and have a poverty gospel. No, what we see in the Bible is a clear picture that Christians might experience and, and, and even from God as their provider uh, be given wealth, success, and money. But the call to those people are constantly to steward those things, to take care of them, to point them back to God, to give them to, to others. But what I want to see here today as we look through the Beatitudes, what we've done is we've thrown this chart up, and so you can go ahead and put that up. And I want to walk through uh, this, these verses and show you the difference between kingdom blessedness and worldly blessedness. And what I hope you'll see is that they're opposite. They're very different. That the coming king, his kingdom is so different than anything that you and I experience on a day-to-day -day level here. And you see Jesus talk about this in other places where he says things like, the first shall be last. 
The way that you actually lead is actually by serving people. And so there's really a sermon in each one of these verses. I'm gonna try not to do that to you. And what I want you to see if you get nothing else, and we're gonna break it down and go one by one, is kingdom blessedness, that middle column, is just gonna be so different than what the world says blessedness looks like or the way that you get to it. I just want you to see the parallel. If there's one common theme that threads through it, it's just how different they are. And what I hope that you'll get as we walk through these is that the kingdom is just so different than this world. And so kingdom citizens should therefore look very different. So let's, uh, let's just dive in. Verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. You see, the first thing that you need to realize about the way that kingdom citizens work and the way they experience blessedness is that they can actually experience blessedness when they are poor in spirit, when things aren't going well. That word blessed and the word beatitudes, that section, it, it, beatitudes means blessings, but that word blessings, uh, when it, you look at this, this section of scripture as a whole, it's painting this idea of flourishing. So what does a life, a blessed life is a flourishing life that you're thriving even in it. It's most literally maybe translated as happy. So basically what he's saying here right from the go is happy are those poor in spirit. Do you see how opposite those two words are? Those phrases, happy, but poor in spirit, happy. Like that, that's very opposite. It's very different. But why is it that those that are um, in the kingdom of heaven can be blessed, happy, flourishing when they are poor in spirit? Well, it's because their kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. It's a future kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. And they are dependent on that being a truth. They are, that's what they put their faith in. They're dependent on that being real. Christian in here, your life of functioning as a Christian, happy and blessed when things are going poorly is dependent on you having an eternal perspective. And he's gonna start this section of scripture with this eternal perspective that it's about the kingdom of heaven, this kingdom that yes, Jesus has ushered in and we can experience now in some ways, but we won't experience in its fullness till we die or he comes back. You need this eternal perspective. You're gonna be dependent on God for that. And that is so different than what the world would say. Jesus starts this section of, a, of a, describing a blessed citizen of, citizen of heaven as dependent. They're dependent on this future hope. The world would say, you don't need to be dependent on anyone. In fact, if you are dependent on people, you're probably not doing it right. You need to be independent because if you're independent, you don't have to have an eternal perspective. You don't have to wait for results later. You can get them now. You are independent. You are self-sufficient. And it's just opposite. It's telling you different things. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Uh, when you first look at this, it, it, would be, it looks very similar to the, the first one, he says. Poor in spirit, those who mourn. Uh, what was really interesting for me that doesn't just jump off the page, but you can figure this out with some basic tools, uh, is that if you look at this word in the Greek, what the Bible was originally written in, this word for mourning there is talking about the same word that we use for repentance. So it's not just that they're sad and it's not just that God doesn't comfort us when we've lost a loved one or going through a hard season. Of course, God comforts us in those places. But what this is saying is citizens of the kingdom of heaven, uh, they can be blessed, happy when they mourn because they're mourning their sin. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven can be blessed when they are repentant. And if you hear nothing else this morning, please hear this. The good news of God's kingdom is that it's full of sinners absolutely full of sinners, just like you and me. They're just repentant sinners. 
They've understood what Jesus did for them and they have repented of their sin. Repentance requires you to be out in the open towards God first and foremost, but even towards others. That's what repentance biblically looks like, that you are out with your sin. The world would tell you, don't be out about where you've messed up, where you've screwed up. It would say, be secretive even. You don't want people to find out and you're gonna see that play out in some of these other verses. It's, it's just very opposite. Verse five, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, oftentimes we see that word meekness and I think we, we think meekness equals weakness or meek and weak. And, and that's not actually a good depiction of what this is saying. Uh, this is saying, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness, a better translation of that would really say, blessed are those that are self-forgetful. Blessed are those who put others first. And those that put others first can do that in the, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven because they know that they're gonna inherit the earth. They can let other people win. They can put other people's needs before their own because all of their needs, ultimately, they are going to inherit through Christ. This is so different than what the world would say, which is you need to be strong always. That if you're putting others first, that you might not get yours. That this is just very different that, you know, the, the famous poet Ricky Bobby says, if you're not first, you're last. Like these are the things that we just, we, it's different in the kingdom. It's so opposite. Uh, verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Uh, man, what a great verse that the way that kingdom citizens work, the way that you can be flourishing, uh, thriving, happy, as a kingdom citizen, is that the thing that you're going after, that you're hungering and thirsting for, is righteousness. And that requires being faithful to God. What does it mean to be hunger and thirst for righteousness? It means you're working towards that. You're doing things that cause you, you're being faithful towards the things of God. And the really good news is that, when, that the way that God works, the way that our king works is that he says, when you knock, he will answer. When you seek him, you shall find him. That God will actually satisfy those desires. It's so different than what the world would say is not to be faithful to God, but to be faithful towards success. The world would tell you, if you work hard enough, you can achieve anything. Okay, the world would say, if you work hard enough, you can achieve your dreams. But what the world doesn't say is that you'll be satisfied. And if you've lived long enough life, this is not, the, the Bible is not anti-working hard, okay? Uh, Colossians 3.23 says, work hard as if working to the Lord and not unto men. If you have lived a, lo a little bit of life and you have been faithful towards success in your career, in parenting and whatever, you will see that you will actually achieve certain things. The problem is they don't actually satisfy. If you were here last week for Dusty's sermon, he said, you know, my life will be so much better when fill in the blank. And if you're faithful to that thing long enough, many of you will actually achieve it. Not literally everything, but there's so many things that we're capable of with being faithful to it. But the difference is you achieve that and it's not enough. You need more. And what's so great about the kingdom is that you can actually find that satisfaction when you're faithful to God, when you're hungering and thirsting after the things for him. It's different, it's opposite. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Okay, the picture of the kingdom citizen is that they are compassionate towards the weak and vulnerable. That when people don't measure up, that they are kind to them, that they're merciful to them. Okay, this is so different than what the world would say, which is if somebody doesn't, if somebody is messed up, you are judgmental towards them. You say, well, I'm glad I'm not like that. They really messed that one up. 
You know, look at any, you know, uh, Facebook, social media timeline. You're gonna see this all over the place. But even in our conversations, in our homes, in our work, are we trying to be people of the kingdom of God that are merciful towards others, that have grace towards others? Or are we trying to be like the world, which is purely judgmental, that it's all a measuring stick that none of us will truly ever hit? It's opposite. And ultimately, the reason we can be merciful in the kingdom is because we will receive mercy because of what Jesus did. That as we look at the sacrifice of Christ, that is going to compel us towards compassion. Verse eight, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Okay, this phrase pure in heart is this word that just represents authenticity. That in the kingdom of heaven, because you've been redeemed, because you're faithful to God, because you know that Christ has seen all of you, even the worst parts, you can be authentically you. You don't have to be fake. Uh, This is so different than what the world would say. The world would say, build a brand. Don't let anyone see where you faulted. Be secretive like we talked about earlier. This looks like the stay-at-home mom that just feels like when they look at everyone else's stuff, everyone's kids are better, uh, better parented. Everyone's house is cleaner. They look better. Everyone's more fit. What the good news of the kingdom is that you can be authentically you. And God knows that and he sees that and he says, you can be blessed in your authenticity. You can be blessed as you are pure in heart. You can be thriving and flourishing and happy in that place, in the kingdom. It's different. Verse 10, or sorry, verse nine. um, Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, This doesn't say, kind of like the meekness, this doesn't say just blessed are those that are peaceful all the time. Uh, The call of a kingdom uh, citizen is not to just be like a monk up in, you know, the woods where you're just totally peaceful and serene and you you never get a temper. And you know, what what it's saying is that when conflict arises, uh, when there's a need for conflict resolution, the kingdom way is to be a peacemaker, It's that when we are in our marriages, when we are at our work and there is wrong done that we need to right, that we go into that seeking to make it right again. And isn't it interesting, what does it say that the peacemakers are? They're sons of God. The reason that they're called sons of God is because that is what Jesus has done with us. The son of God, the capital S son, the son of God made peace between us and the father. And so in light of that, the kingdom way that's so different is to make peace. This is different than what the world would say, which is cancel culture. That yes, of course, there's things that need to be brought to light. There's people that need to be removed from positions and in places of influence at time because of consequences of sin. But the most anti-kingdom, anti-gospel way of thinking is this idea of cancel culture, that no one is redeemable, that no one is reconcilable, that no one could has value in anything. It strips away when we embrace this cancel culture that's rampant in our nation. it, It just absolutely just gets rid of the idea that people are made in the image of God and that God was a peacemaker towards us who even if people don't know it are equally as messy and broken. The kingdom way is different. Uh, Verse 10, 11, I'm gonna combine them. Uh, Verse 10 says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Uh, 
So you get this picture there in verse 10 that you're persecuted, you're sacrificial for Jesus's account. Uh, I think there's a lot of ideas about what persecution looks like. The reality is, is in 2020 around the world, Christians are being persecuted at much higher degrees and severity and levels in other parts of the world. And they're being slandered uh, by standing up for their faith in Jesus in much greater ways than we are here today, here and now. Uh, that's not to minimize where we might have had to sacrificially stand up for the gospel, where we might have been slandered because of our beliefs. But the reality is that this has a lot deeper meaning than how we can necessarily apply it to our lives here and now. Does it mean we can't apply it to our lives here and now? Being sacrificially uh, slandered for the kingdom of God might just simply looking like having integrity in your workplace. It, it might just look like being willing to have hard conversations with family around a dinner table, being willing to explain why we give the way we give, why we parent the way we parent, why we operate the way we do, why we avoid certain things with people that might make fun of, might make light of, might think less of you, might not promote you, might not whatever, that the kingdom way is different. It's that you're actually blessed and thriving when you're operating in those ways. It's just so different than what the world would say, which is to pursue comfort, to be comfortable. Don't be sacrificial, be comfortable. Make yourself comfortable, okay? The American dream is that you're comfortable and, and be flattered. Like you should seek to be flattered. You should have mass followers, mass following that everyone would think right of you all the time. And again, don't miss it. It's not saying that if you've been a jerk or you've messed up and somebody's mad at you or slandering you, that that's what you're blessed in. But if you're doing if you're being slandered and sacrificial in light of the gospel because of your faith in Jesus, it's saying you can actually thrive in that space. That God isn't actually mad at you. You're not actually doing it wrong. That actually you can be blessed in the kingdom when it works this way. And you know, I think what you see here, if you look at the whole chart, um, again, what I want you to see is the right side of worldly blessedness, the way that it looks and the way that you achieve it is so different than that one in the middle. It's so different. And what's really interesting is oftentimes when Christians try to receive blessings by pursuing it the way that the world says, we get either feel like we've really just not doing it right or that God is not a good God. But the way that kingdom blessings work, don't miss this, the way that kingdom blessings work is that they make you look like the one who blesses. The way that kingdom blessings work is that you look like the one who blesses. Look at the middle column. Look at how this is the one that blesses. Jesus was totally dependent on God. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. Jesus had no need to be repentant because he was sinless, but he calls us to repentance. He makes us like him, less and less full of our sin. He uh, was totally self-forgetful. He was totally faithful to God. He was totally compassionate towards others. When Jesus saw people in moments of weakness and at their most broken and at their most hated, he was compassionate to them. Jesus was totally authentic, even if it offended people. He was totally okay with himself because of the approval he had in his father. Jesus was the ultimate reconciler. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And Jesus was slandered constantly. You see, the way that blessings in the kingdom of heaven work is that they make you actually look like the one that blesses you. The, the greatest blessing of following God is that he makes you like himself. 
And so if you are poor in spirit, being slandered, sacrificial, you're not doing it wrong. Jesus is making you like himself. And that is how kingdom blessedness works. It's different than what the world says. And so what I want to leave us with is not just simply that great news. Although that's, that's tremendous news for you and me. Um, what I want to say is, how do we access that? And my fear is that you hear this and you look at this chart and you say, well, I just need to change my behavior. I need to be less independent and I need to try harder to be more dependent. I need to be less strong and be more self-forgetful. I need to be less judgmental this week and I'm gonna be more faithful to God. But if you go about that the wrong way, it's going to fall on its face. You do not receive blessedness and you don't receive a thriving life in the kingdom by changing your behavior. You do it by changing what it is you behold. Okay. You don't change your behavior. You change what you behold. Cause remember everything, it's just opposite. The first shall be last to lead is to serve. You don't actually uh, work hard for the results, but you look at the results and that is going to motivate you to work hard. It's a supernatural Opposite. So what this simply means, you can see in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to throw it up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So verse one is basically saying, let us live the Christian life, the life of a kingdom citizen, a blessed life. Let's live that life. Let's run our race, your race before you, mine before me, us as a family, our race together. Let's run it. Verse two, how do you do that? You change what you behold. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If blessings in the kingdom, if the point is to make you more like the one who blesses, the way that you're gonna go about it is you're gonna behold the blesser. You're gonna behold Jesus. You're gonna look to him. The way you're gonna run your race, live your life is to constantly look at Jesus, to get to know him, which super practically just means you are thriving or you are thirsting for the things of God. You're in this word. This whole Bible points you to Jesus. So you look towards him. As you behold this Bible, you're beholding Jesus and that is going to change you. That is going to allow you to experience blessedness. As you pray to Jesus, that is going to allow you to experience blessedness. As you get to know community who God has put his spirit in. And so if you want to know what Jesus is like, you need to know the Bible, but you need to be around community. That that he has made us into a body that's being fit for the head. That, That if you are in community and you're talking about Jesus, you're beholding him. If everything in your life is about how does Jesus think about this. How does he do this? You are actually going to be transformed more than just simply trying to change your behavior. It's opposite. The kingdom works differently. And so my prayer and hope for Redeemer is that we wouldn't move towards operating towards a blessed life or our best life now, or just success and winning and wealth. When we experience those, I pray that we're, we're stewarding them greatly, that we're being generous with those things. But I pray that at Redeemer, that we would live kingdom citizens looking for our king to return in a way that makes us more like him. And the greatest blessing in that entire thing is that as we become more like Jesus, we become incredibly close to God. 
that actually when we're poor in spirit, you can be closer to God than you ever have been. That actually when those, there are those that are slandering and, you, and, and your faith is causing you to make sacrifices in your life, that you can feel closer to God because you are like Jesus who is perfectly one with him. So I'm gonna pray and ask for God's help with that and then we're gonna worship. Father, thank you for your grace in our life. God, thank you that um, you did not leave us a kingdom that operates the same way that the worldly kingdom does. God, thank you that you are the perfect embodiment of what it means to live a blessed life. God, thank you that through Christ, we know what it means to flourish as a Christian. And God, I'm thankful that my circumstances and my success and my wealth do not equate to flourishing and thriving and being happy and joyful as a Christian. God, would you give us an eternal perspective? God, would you help us to behold you? And pray this in Jesus' name, amen.